0: means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.
1: Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas, and I'm here with Paul Puey from Edge. That's edgesecure.co. Hey, Paul, how's it going?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, glad to have you. So Edge is, I understand it is a mobile wallet and security platform for blockchain applications and assets. Is that correct? Absolutely. You got it right. So talk to me a little bit about uh, the specific problems that Edge is looking to solve.
2: Yeah. So with the advent of blockchain technology, we found that this new technology has created a a fundamentally different requirement for security Um, for the first time ever. We've taken this little bit of data, which are called private keys in the blockchain world. And those private keys effectively allow us to hold money, to spend money. And the ownership of those keys is what assigns us the ability to spend that money. Now, the security of that now is now paramount. It's no longer a username and password associated to money the way we would log into a bank. It's now this private key. And our ability to keep other people from gaining access to that is what allows us to hold value. So data now equals money for the first time ever. So now the security of that data now lies in the individual that holds its money. For the first time, it's no longer good enough to trust data with a central a central service, you know, our storage provider and IT manager. So what we're seeing is this new, weird, awkward, intimidating feel in user experience with cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, where people have these keys that they've never ever seen before, and suddenly they're being asked to back up these keys or encrypt them so that way they're secured. Um, and if they want to use them on multiple devices, they have to kind of copy and paste <clears throat> these keys onto different devices. And the problem that we're trying to solve is to remove a lot of that complexity, make it more key management, private key management across blockchain apps is as simple and, and familiar as just logging into an app or logging into a website and we aim to make security invisible securing those keys such that only the individual that has and is, is running the, our application or our platform controls their own money controls their own data but they do it with the familiarity of just simply logging in so that's the main problem we're trying to solve is the key management part of using cryptocurrency and using blockchain applications. Removing those 12 to 24 words you have to write down, or those wallet.dat files that you have to back up and encrypt, all of that is hidden behind just a regular familiar interface in our platform.
1: It's interesting that you say that. Uh, I, I We had somebody on the show a, a while back who um, just dropped a truth bomb on to me that I had never really thought of. He said... And I, uh, his name is slipping my mind, but but the message wasn't. He said that the username and password is a forty-year-old technology. Can you believe that? Forty years of username and password, and after all that time, that's what that's still the gold standard. Uh, and so, uh, could could you? First of all, do you have any thoughts or reactions to that? Have you ever really thought about yes, the fact yeah. that the username and password has been around mm-hmm. for forty years?
2: Yeah, and I think it's going to continue to be around pretty much forever. The main thing that I think will go away is having a hundred of them. That is the inherent problem with a username and password is not that, is not the username and password itself. It's that we have hundreds of them. Every single website, every single service, every single, you know, uh, uh, social media site that we access asks for a username and password. And we as humans can create very powerful and secure passwords. We cannot create hundreds of them. There's just no way. We're gonna have duplicates and we're gonna have very weak ones. So the goal is to have as few as possible, if not one or two. However, having just one or two very good passwords allows us to secure all the other ones, which we cannot remember and we cannot um, back up. This is a, a lot of what password managers do for us today. And many people in the security space will highly recommend that people use password managers because you can't create a good password for your Google account, your Apple account, you name it, everything else your Facebook, your Twitter. But a password manager effectively implements a very similar security model to what Edge does in that it allows you to create one password, an encryption key. It's not just a password, it's an encryption key that encrypts all the other passwords, which can be just random. They can just be random letters and numbers, incredibly strong with no duplication between one website and another. Effectively, that is what private keys for cryptocurrencies are, is they're just random numbers. They're random strings of letters and numbers. And we effectively employ employ very similar technology, but inside of a wallet and inside of a platform that goes into all of the different blockchain apps. It's like taking a password manager, and, and instead of it being separate, a separate application that you have to use and copy and paste and copy and paste, instead, it's baked into the app. It's part of the app, and you just log into the app as you normally would. Um, And the thing I didn't mention, it wasn't in kind of like the one tagline of what we do at Edge, is we also, on top of there being kind of the normal credentials, we also build single sign-on. And that's actually one of the things that – that statement you made by that person you're talking to, it says, you know, the, you know, the username and password is 40-year-old technology. Well, single sign-on is not. And this, I think, is what will revolutionize the username and password, allowing, one, to be much more much more secure for many different sites. Now, granted, the current implementation of single sign-on, I think, is inherently broken because we are using a single account on a single centralized service, such as Google or Facebook to allow us to log into multiple different websites. Now, that feels like a good user experience, and it definitely is, but it's entrusting Google or Facebook with all of our accounts, meaning that a rogue employee inside one of those companies can effectively access our account on all the other servers. That is inherently broken. What Edge has built is is an encrypted single sign-on where, much like the private keys that are encrypted and only accessible by that user, for our edge wallet the single sign on on edge also allows the same user access to multiple apps but only the user has access to those accounts not edge and not the app developers that's a fundamental shift in the way we do single sign-on and no one else is doing this so this takes the concept of securing keys for one application such as our own wallet and really extends its utility across the entire blockchain ecosystem and you'll notice there is no blockchain true blockchain wallet, when I say true, I mean one where the user controls the keys. There is no true blockchain wallet that lets you log in with Google or Facebook. And there's a reason for that, because you're not gonna put your keys in the hands of a third party, or just be entirely too insecure. However- So uh, let me
1: just make uh, one quick comment about that. Uh, you know, sure. a, a lot of exchanges, for example, and I know that's not a wallet, but um, the vast majority of them have the Google two-factor
2: authentication.
1: The Google login, Correct. the Facebook login, yeah. where you just match the button and it takes your other data. Okay. I, yeah, I exactly. just wanted to clarify that.
2: Correct. Two factors. a second factor so you're using a password plus this other thing. Um, and that is a very valuable piece of function, security functionality. That I would agree with. But the the replacement of your login credentials, your regular username and password with single sign-on, is something that no true Um, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency wallet will ever entrust um, to Google and to to Facebook and actually I don't even know that exchanges do that so um, this however is something that uh, we can easily apply because our single sign-on is encrypted data that only the user has access to and that being the fundamental shift so this is what we're excited about in our in our platform.
1: There, there was a uh, there was an analogy that you were starting to make there uh, a couple of minutes back, and I, I just didn't want to interrupt you because you were you were on a roll there to saying a bunch of good stuff. But but let's let's just go back and unpack this for a moment. Uh, the uh, the password managers, and uh, for, for those of you that uh, aren't familiar, um, an example of one that I use is called LastPass. And it's just a browser extension uh, that Mm -hmm. can go on multiple different browsers and it saves all your passwords and you just have basically some sort of some form of a single sign on, although it might not be exactly the same. I can say personally, um, when I discovered LastPass, it changed my
2: life (laughs) because I didn't have to remember
1: all of these passwords because it just it remembers and it encrypts the password for you. You can generate a strong random one. You just have to remember your LastPass to log in to LastPass the the password. Right. Uh, now exactly. the downside to that is if you have all these super strong passwords and you're away from your computer, then you don't know how to log in. Uh, and so there are, there are some limitations there. Could you could you talk to me just very quickly about um, what are some of the limitations of this single sign-on uh, and the way that you're encrypting this? Is it specific to an, a device or, uh, you know, what is it that you're doing that's that's really uh, allowing you to just do a username and password and have it be so
2: secure? LastPass, first of all, you had mentioned something about it Um being a single sign-on. So LastPass in and of itself is not single sign-on. It's just simply a data store okay. of, of usernames and passwords and some personal information as well. And they encrypt Understood. and back up the data using regular credentials of username and password. And so like I said, it's, it's very similar to what we do. Now, we realize though, we, unlike LastPass, we are starting from the viewpoint that we are securing money, not usernames and passwords. So we're taking the hardest thing to secure, the type of data that people want to steal the most money. Um, So from that viewpoint, we're throwing much more at the security model than what I think LastPass is doing. And when we think about security, we think about it not just from the outside attacker trying to access your device, but we also think about it from the viewpoint of the user being their worst enemy, user error themselves. So factoring both, because if a user loses data and that data is money, that's just as bad as it getting stolen. So some of the things that we do differently than LastPass. Well, number one, it's baked into the app. So you're not copying and pasting data the way you would in LastPass, you know, username and password. It's baked into the application, both ours and any of our partners. Number two, we take the the security model a little bit of a step further and employ a, and this gets a little bit technical, but we actually dynamically tune the strength of the encryption with the strength of the the user's device. So um, the ability to brute force a password is, of course, dependent on how good the password is, right? If you have, you know, six digits that are only, lowercase letters, that's going to be far easier than if you have upper, lower, or you have like, say, um, four or five random words. However, to make it harder to brute force a password, a commonly used technique is password hashing, where you make every brute force attempt harder and more CPU and memory intensive. Now, we actually use um, a password hashing algorithm that's very strong, called Scrypt, and people might be familiar with that from um, Litecoin mining. <clears throat> um, but we dynamically tune the parameters much, much, much higher any miner would ever use Um, and we dynamically tune it to the strength of the user's device so people on stronger devices actually get stronger password hashing than those on weaker devices that's one thing that we do that you know isn't present at all on on other products such as password managers as well we give users an easier an easy way to get back access to their data such as methods of password recovery which are non-existent in in most other encryption tools Uh, so inspired by blockchain and bitcoin we use a split key mechanism to recover passwords one that's held by um, our infrastructure and one that the user sends to themselves so that's yeah, so, an a, so additional piece of of what we call kind of user based security that's a very important nugget
1: yeah i mean it's yeah. uh, it's obvious <laughs> that you're taking uh, security very seriously here and and that's uh, it's so important you made a great point <laughs> about the fact that uh, you know <laughs> money is the thing that everybody wants to steal the most and i i had heard uh, mentioned not too long ago that all of the hackers in all of the world have stopped you know, trying to scam in any other way, and they've focused all of their efforts towards hacking and stealing crypto.
2: Within the crypto space, they're focusing all their efforts onto the centralized services. And there's a, a huge reason for that. you get in, you get everybody's money. But if you get into one person's device, you only get whatever they have, and you, only, and you only get whatever they happen to have on that device at that time. And so this is a fundamental reason why we think cryptocurrencies are gonna shift the way we do general security and that's what we aim to be at the forefront of is the fact that cryptocurrencies have made it where we as individuals should should secure our own data it's too dangerous to put it in the hands of a third party uh, a data bank because of that incentive for hackers why not why go for why why try to hack your phone and get whatever you have there when I can hack an exchange and get everybody's money it might be harder to get into but once I'm in I get everything that's a that's the fundamental issue with the way we do data security today is that we primarily centralize it now before cryptocurrencies, it was just data. It was an Equifax-like hack where I get social security numbers and whatnot. But with cryptocurrency, I get actual money right away anonymously. It instantly has value. I don't have to sell it. I don't have to commit fraud. It instantly has money, and it's anonymous. That's why we're now building tools that create this new security model. That's actually the foundation of of our company's name. The reason why we call ourselves Edge is because we believe in this in in the edge security model, securing data at the edges of the of the net, where people are, where our own devices are. So I'm excited about cryptocurrency. I always have been. It's what drove me into this, in, into creating a startup. But I'm equivalently excited ab- about this new security model that cryptocurrency has driven and motivated, and how we can now how we'll we will be able to use it with general purpose applications as well.
1: Excellent. So uh, tell me a little bit about you know uh, your. I always like to ask this question and. Uh, you know, I always get interesting answers. But the future of security, and with regard to you know, username and password and signing sign on experiences, what do you, where do you see this particular uh, area of of technology innovating uh, and evolving over the next uh,
2: five years? Yeah, I think we're it, it's exactly what we were talking about before. We're going to still have a username and password, but we'll have far fewer of them. And we're not going to use them on a super frequent basis. So I think you're already seeing that, that logins to services are starting to become more innovative than just simply everything having a username and password. So single sign-on in the centralized world is helping that, but also biometric as well. And once again, biometric has its limitations. Biometric is great for logging into a very specific device that you've used before. It's not great if you say, you know, I'm going to throw everything off my back and I don't have nothing and walk up to a random computer and log in biometrically. I fundamentally think that will never happen. That is one of the, that would be the gigantic security flaw that um, would easily compromise everything that we would secure in that method. So I don't think biometric will ever be what I call the initial login credentials, the recovery. It'll never be the recovery of, of, of data on any arbitrary device. But it's great, such as on your iPhone or Android, where you've logged in before you know, I, I don't want to enter my password every single time I use an app. I'll just biometric log in. Because biometric is a great way, combined with secure elements on the phone, to unlock data, that's uh, unlock an encryption key that's buried in the phone for data that I have used before.
1: Excellent. Yeah, Paul, Paul Puey from edge, edgesecure.co. Uh we're going to wrap here for today. I, I really appreciate this is uh you know some some interviews are technical and some of them are uh idea based and and you you really dug into the details on this. appreciate it. Any any quick final thoughts before we go?
2: Um no other than I other than, uh, really appreciate the opportunity to chat and uh looking forward to the super conference or our team's going to be over there. Obviously for anyone listening to the podcast and headed over to Dallas we look forward to and, and excited about talking to people in the community. Very
1: good. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Paul Puey from Edge. You can learn more at edgesecure.co. Thanks for joining us here on the Future Tech Podcast. We'll see you next time,
0: everyone. The Bitcoin, Ethereum and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17 and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field